Welcome to the Swim Strong Dry Land podcast. We are dedicated to inspiring and educating the swimming world. Our podcast highlights the work, character, and achievements in and around the Swim Strong community. All right, we have Swim Strong Dry Land nutrition coach Brittany Miller, who many people may not know this, but is actually one of my younger sisters. So, but we are going to jump right into the rapid fire questions before I start digging into your story and some of the exciting things that you're going to be sharing with us today. So, are you ready for the rapid fire questions, Brittany? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. First one if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Super speed. Quick. Walkout song. What would be your walkout song? Ooh, When Everything Falls by Haste the Day. Wow, throwback. Best Halloween costume you've ever had? One year I was Mario and my twin sister was Luigi. <laughs> I remember that. What? Who's your favorite oh. artist? Uh, I think right now probably Khalid. All right. And who is your favorite sibling? Ooh, that's a, that's a loaded <laughs> question. <laughs> One of them I... is your boss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Christine on this one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Dagger to the heart. All right. Next is your dream vacation. Definitely Maui. All right. And last but not least, if you were stuck on a deserted island and you needed to survive for months... You get to pick two Swim Strong Dryland staff members to be on that deserted island with to survive. Who would you pick? Oh gosh! <laughs> oh man, um, I would pick you, and I would also pick. I'm gonna go with Brian because he's he's a uh, you know pretty quiet, but I feel like he's probably the smartest one on our team. So he, <laughs> You would be able to figure out how to survive better than anybody. <laughs> He's pretty smart. Why would you pick me? I don't know. You know, I did pick you for the sibling one, so I had to pick you for something. Just pity. <laughs> All right. Maybe not your best choice, but cool. Well, those are your rapid fire questions. Thanks for answering those so people could get to know uh, a completely different side of you. But I'm really excited to jump into your story. This is so much fun for me to have the privilege of getting to work with you every day and see your passion for what you do. Obviously, for those who are in the Swim Strong program, you've probably seen Brittany on webinars. You've seen her articles and downloads and documents and social media posts and things that she does uh, to just make this program amazing so you guys can have next level education around your nutrition and wellness. And it's just so much deeper than people think. Um, and people don't know this about Brittany, but she is wicked, wicked, dedicated um, to research and she's a super nerd, um, and just loves to constantly be researching and I love it. Um, so we're going to dive into your brain a little bit, but first I want to just ask about your story. How did you even end up in nutrition coaching for the first place? Let everybody know kind of your background and story, how you got into nutrition coaching and, um, and what led you to swim strong kind of that whole journey. Yeah, that's a great question. So I was an athlete from age five until 18. And I when I got to college, I was just, you know, done with the competitive side of athletics. And I was playing just for fun, but realized that I'd miss a huge part of athletic performance by not paying attention to my nutrition. So, you know, my whole, you know, basically my whole life leading up to that point had just completely not paid attention to it at all, really didn't give it a second thought. And it really did affect me. And I had, um, I struggled. I did, my performance wasn't as good as it could have been and also struggled with a lot of things mentally. Um, and so, yeah, there was just a lot of things that could have been better. And so looking back, it just kind of spurred that, you know, thought in my mind, like, man, like what could I have done better? And so I started researching on my own and just getting into nutrition and, just wanted to know more. I couldn't stop once I started. I just wanted to know everything I could. And so that's kind of what led me on that path. And then um, first started uh, my first like major, you know, nutrition education was from precision nutrition, and then continued on that path with a couple of other different avenues. But um, and then with swim strong, you had asked me, you knew that I was really getting into nutrition, starting to research it and um, get more, you know, just getting all the information that I needed. And so you asked me to start writing articles for swim strong. 
And so I started off there. And then from there, I just, we kept working together. And so, yeah. So can you tell everybody a little bit about the first experience you had working with Swimstrong before it was really even Swimstrong. Swimstrong was more of an idea. We were forming the foundation. And I remember when I was working with a team in the St. Louis area, I invited you out to speak to them, which you had been a nutrition coach for several years, right? You had run your own business and you were working with individuals, um, but you hadn't worked with swim athletes yet. And I believe this was in 2018, um, right at the, in the infancy of Swimstrong becoming Swimstrong. Um, and I've always been inspired by how you just kind of leaped after the opportunity. And even though you were probably terrified, um, and you've told me funny, funny stories about how nervous you were when you came out and stuff, because public speaking wasn't necessarily your passion, but you loved helping people and you love nutrition. Can you speak a little bit about that? Because I think a lot of people should hear this. You know, people, Brittany hasn't always just had everything together and was an amazing public speaker is more of, I'll let you speak to kind of how that happened and spurred all of this on. Yeah. So it was really, it was a neat experience and definitely sparked my passion for the sport of swimming. Um, not something that I, you know, expected, but getting to speak to a group of swimmers and, um, yeah, just hearing back from them, like the things that they were struggling with, with nutrition, just seeing the sport and how different it was from anything that I'd ever been a part of and just how detailed everything is in swimming. And same thing with nutrition too, that like, I love details. I'm a huge detail person. Not everybody is, but I get really excited about them. And for swimmers, there's so many details that go into the sport. And so, yeah, just seeing that and how impactful it is when as a swim athlete, you actually pay attention to your nutrition and you feel yourself with good quality food that is going to have your energy levels in a place that you want your mental clarity and focus is going to be where you want. There's so many things that go into it. So that got me really excited, just being able to educate on that. And then also to hear from them kind of where they were at and the things that I could help them with to level up and just to be uh, a better athlete, but also to have better focus in school and, um, better, just all around energy. So that was what got me really excited. And talk about you were so you were working one on one with individuals um, previously, uh, more in the adult population, right? Uh, is that correct? And now, um, what attracted you to the team environment? Like, what do you love about Swimstrong specifically? Why is it something that you're so passionate about to the point where you left behind everything else? And now this is all that you do, which is super special um, for me and for our staff and for our athletes for multiple reasons. For me, it's amazing to get to spend more time uh, with family, but also I learned so much from you and our athletes benefit so much from you spending so much time doing everything you can to give them the best resources to be the best they can be our coaches, parents, everything. It's super unique. There there's like almost no one I know who all they do is spend their time doing research and development and education for swim athletes, um, centered around nutrition and wellness. And, um, but that that's a bold leap. That's a pretty scary thing to do in your career. And so what about Swimstrong attracted you to be like, yes, this is where this is the avenue I want to go to make the impact that I hope to make in my profession? Yeah, I think there's a lot of different things that I can think of to answer this. But really, I mean, it's wanting to help swimmers avoid the pitfalls that I fell into as an athlete. So that's one part of it. And then the other part, just because I know how big of a difference it makes when you are, again, like when you're focusing on nutrition and making sure that you're fueling your sport, it's just a game changer. So that's number one. And then also just all that we offer and bring. So there's so many different aspects of the company that just, you know, they, we think about the whole athlete. And so that is something that is crucial. And it's not, you know, it's not just nutrition. It's not just the dry land side. It's not just um, you know, being a great leader, like it's a lot of different things coming together. So mm -hmm. I loved that and that you had that mindset too, as you were starting the company and just wanting to impact people in as many ways as possible. And so that really attracted me to continuing on and making sure that, you know, I am the best at what I do as far as like, you know, not comparing myself to what other people are doing, but just the best that I can possibly be. Mm -hmm. And so I strive to do that every single day. 
And, you know, there's an infinite amount of things that I can learn and that I can, you know, continue because the nutrition field is exploding. There's just so much coming out right now. I think we're, you know, it went from like 300 articles and studies that were coming out a year to 3000 now. And so it's just insane. So what I want to do is just give everyone in the program the best that I possibly can. And I love getting to do that. And if I can make an impact on, you know, even if it's just a few people, then it's worth it. But I'm hoping, you know, it'll impact many more than that. And that's why I absolutely love what I do because there's so much potential. There's so much, um, growth happening in the field of nutrition. So, Mm -hmm. and you, it's fun to see you light up when you're around the kids too. And the coaches like, when we go to the elite camp and just being there in person, there's a different aspect of that, right? Like we do a lot of stuff behind the scenes, but when you get to go to the elite camp or you get to go to a swim meet or a clinic or whatever it is that we do to be in person, uh, it's, it's, it's a whole different experience. And, um, I think it allows you to see like the, it's fun to like communicate all this and educate and you know, you're making an impact, but it's fun to like, it's way more fun to be with the people who you're, who you're serving. And, um, it just makes you want to work that much harder. I don't know if you have that same mindset as me. I just being around the kids is like one of the best things in the world. Yeah, for sure. Like that makes it all worth it because when you're just behind the scenes all the time, you're like, is anyone even, (laughs) is anyone reading this article? Is anyone, you know, whatever. And then you get to meet them in person and it's like, man, like this really had an impact on me. And this is what I changed. And this is how, you know, my performance improved, or this is how my sleep got better or um, mm-hmm. my energy levels at school. And it's just so cool to be able to hear that. And to yeah, to definitely get to know athletes in person, like that's what it's about. And mm-hmm. I love it. So it's, yeah, that's like a huge aspect of it. And that's a big shout out to what you said to swim strong athletes, because our athletes do read stuff <laughs> and actually apply the resources that we give them. And there's a reason, you know, why crazy things are happening because they're not only consistent with the programming that Brian and Steve are designing, but they're super, super disciplined with so many different things around leadership, around nutrition and wellness, around their mindset. And, um, you know, all that stuff adds up. Those aren't little things. Those are things that most people brush off. And, you know, I know you personally and our entire staff is passionate about the whole athlete and that's going to get you the best results, but it's also going to impact your life, um, which is way more important. (laughs) And, um, so that's just one of the most rewarding things for sure. Um, but can you talk a little bit about, so I, I get the privilege of being on different staff meetings and talking to you pretty much every day. Um, (laughs) usually I get to hear you go on rants about how you see things on social media that this is bogus. Like people are just sharing stuff that has like no research backing. It's not objective. You know, there's always, um, things coming out. That's like clickbait versus like, is there any substance there? And, um, I wondered if you could give people like from your perspective as a nutrition coach, I think sometimes we take this for granted and think that everybody just knows this, but they definitely don't. Um, can you share like, how do you know what's good information and what's not? What are you typically looking for? Um, obviously, we tell people like, you know, ask us before you, you know, put anything into your body that you just saw on Instagram or whatever. Um, but what are some of the major pitfalls that you see athletes fall into with new fads coming out and social media? You know, every sometimes people just take things as truth, especially if someone has a lot of followers or whatever, um, which is wild. Um, cause a lot of times people with not, not always, there's a lot of people with a lot of followers who have a lot of legitimacy, but then a lot of times there's people who have no substance whatsoever and they have a massive following. So what advice would you give to people, um, as they're trying to discern what's good and what's not, what should I be thinking about? You know, what goes through your mind that you would want them to be thinking about? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a hard one to answer, but I'll try my best. So I would say the first thing would be if someone is telling you that you need to eliminate foods or food groups, then that's probably a red flag. So there's specific situations where maybe that would be necessary. But for the most part, if someone's saying, you know, dairy is inherently evil or, you know, whatever, like you should never eat any sugar, then, you know, that's a red flag. So Um, So that'd be the first thing. And then if someone is singling out one ingredient and saying like, hey, this 
ingredient like seed oils or whatever it is. This is the devil. Like you're going to die if you eat this or you're going to, you know, whatever, like this is going to hurt you. Then, you know, that's a, a little bit of a red flag too, because we can't pinpoint ingredients like that. And then have this overarching claim that, oh, it's always bad in every scenario because the dosing does matter. And also a unique, everyone is going to have a unique response to different foods and ingredients. And so that's something that can't just be a blanket statement. So those would be the top two, I would say that just come to mind. Um, but yeah, and you definitely want to see, you know, what their background is, if they have any background in nutrition, and if that's something that they're um, well, you know, educated in. So that'd yeah. be the other thing. That's really good advice. So know their background, understand where they're coming from is big. If they're claiming that something is like a a cure or one size fits all, or this is like the answer and there's no nuance whatsoever. Uh, it's probably just clickbait. There's different fad diets that come out all the time and people are like all in, all in on them. And then like three years later, people are like, wait, that might not have actually been healthy mentally or physically. Um, and then it changes. And so typically that's a, that's a pet peeve of mine in the fitness industry too. Like little fads that come out when it's like, let's just stick to like researched objective science that we know. And let's let all the other fads like fade out. Um, and you know, if other people want to test it, that's fine, but we're going to focus on things that are tried, tested and true. And I think that's something I've always loved about you is that you're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not falling for that. Um, I'm going to like really look into this. And so people get shocked all the time at videos they see about pesticides on fruits or whatever. Like there's so many things that it's like, hold on. The other thing is too, that I think is really interesting is who's sponsoring it, right? Like people will promote products, supplements, food products. And then you do a little bit of research and you realize, wait a minute, they're actually getting a little kickback from this. Um, and then it makes sense why they promote it. It doesn't mean you can't believe in something that you're getting paid for, but something that we've always been passionate about as a company. And we've had so many supplement companies reach out to us over the years that say, hey, you want to collaborate? You want to do this? Every single time we say no without hesitation because that would then jade our recommendations. Even if we truly believe in a product, you're always going to lean towards the one that personally benefits you in the back of your mind. So with SwimStrong, and this is something I've always always believed in and Brittany's believed in is that like anything that we recommend, like we'll recommend competing brands all the time because all just based on the research that Brittany's done. Um, I just think that's really important. It just, people have a hard time being objective nowadays and we want to give our athletes, coaches, parents, the best uh, unbiased information possible. So um, anyway, but that's great information for people to sift through things. And of course, if you ever, need more help with something you can always ask us and you've you've done a lot of work um not just you know webinars and meeting in groups with people but um having individualized assessments and things like that what would you say as a swim athlete with the hundreds and hundreds of people or thousands i don't know how many it's been up to this point that you met with what would you say is like kind of the overarching this is the big thing that most people are missing i know it's individualized and everybody has different things but what if what are the things that you're like i bring this up on 70 75 percent of the um the meetings that i'm on with people that swimmers are missing Ooh, that's a good one yeah i think probably just making sure they're eating enough that's yeah, it's so foundational, but making sure that they're getting enough calories because, you know, as a high school athlete, or even if it's middle school or elementary, like whatever level you're at, um, as a club swim athlete, it's so hard to keep up with energy demands with your training load that you have. So yeah, that's like a big one because if you are training, um, you know, let's say four hours a day or three to four hours a day, and you are not taking in enough calories. So you're actually, your body is going to prefer to use calories for exercise. So you have nothing left for growth and development after that. So mm. that's where it's really hard. You don't want to be in this relative, it's called relative energy deficiency. Mm. If you're in that state, then a lot of problems come from that. So both health consequences, but also performance consequences. So you just will not feel your best. You will not perform your best. 
if you do not eat enough calories. And so that's hmm. probably the number one thing that I would say that I bring up or that we end up finding out like, Hey, like, you know, you're feeling fatigued because you're not eating enough and it's challenging. Hmm. It's really hard to eat enough because of their crazy, crazy schedules. Like they have school, hmm. they've got family stuff going on. They have a lot of times two practices in a day, homework tests, you know, all that's hmm. a lot. So what do you do? You know that they have crazy schedules and you know that a lot of people aren't eating enough. What are strategies you give kids to be able to be successful with that, right? Because one thing to know, like, oh, yeah, I know I should eat more. But how can they, athletes who are watching this, how can they be successful with actually getting the nutrients that they need with the schedules they have? What are some strategies you've given? Yeah, the big ones would be using the performance plate method throughout the day to make sure that they are getting all of the macronutrients that they need to, you know, build and repair muscle to have energy throughout the day so that they're not, you know, feeling completely fatigued by the time that they're halfway through practice. So, um, that's a big one. So the performance plate method basically is just looking at your plate and making sure that you have protein, carbohydrates, fat, and colorful foods pretty much at all of your meals. Um, so that's like number one. And then besides that, I would say making the most out of your meals. So make them really nutrient dense, get the most bang for your buck. So if you're trying to keep up with energy demands and you are in a relative energy deficiency state, have some foods on there that are just super nutrient and calorically dense, like avocados, you could do dried mangoes, you could even have like full fat dairy products, those are going to help to bulk up your calories where you're not having to eat a ton more like volume, but you're mm -hmm. eating a really nutrient dense meal, or you could add things like nuts and seeds. They're going to have a lot of calories and also have a ton of micronutrients too, that are really beneficial. Can you talk more about red S the relative energy deficiency syndrome, um, that you mentioned before and what are just so people really understand how much it can impact your body. If you're not getting enough, um, what are some of the signs that you are in that, um, that you're struggling with that maybe, cause maybe people don't realize that's what it is. Like maybe sometimes they're like, oh man, I'm just like tired. I'm having a hard time recovering or whatever. And, 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 you know, I'll let you speak to it. You're the expert here. What are the things that you, um, would look for that? Like, Hey, this is probably what's going on if you're feeling X, Y, Z. Yeah. So the two that you just said, so having a hard time recovering, you're feeling fatigued a lot during the, either at school or at practice. Concentration is a big one too. If you're having trouble concentrating at school, um, mental clarity, if that's not as it should be, or even like just having like brain fog or not just being mentally clear, like I mentioned, but, um, for females, a big one would be if you, if you are of age to have your period, if you lose your period, that's a huge sign as a female athlete that you are not eating enough. So look out for that. Um, and then, yeah, like I would just say in general, just not performing at your highest level. And there's so many other things too, that could go into it, but I feel like those are the biggest ones. Hmm. So if you're the athlete who's training super hard all season long, but you feel like you're not performing the way you should, once you get to your meet, this could be that you're just not fueling your body enough. And, um, but again, like, um, Brittany was talking about, like, you do have to have a strategy, to you know be successful she's talking about the performance plate method which if you haven't swim strong athletes if you haven't looked that up already it's on the nutrition and wellness website type in the password and you'll see and it's the different performance plates that you should have at different times of the day or different times at a swim meet depending on where you're um where you're at in the season and it's it's amazing so you have all these tools and resources um that Brittany's thought through um or seen these problems come up and given you guys solutions but so the information is there, but, um, I think something else that's really cool that you did is you created a whole article on habits, like how to develop a habit. And I think nutrition and wellness and anything to do with your mindset is way more difficult than training your body. I've always believed training your mind and your, nutri your nutrition way harder than training your body. I can show up to a workout and do that. But when it comes to like eating nutrient dense meals and being disciplined ahead of time and making sure that I'm disciplining and training my mind. Those are very different things. Um, what are some tips you could give people for if they want long lasting habits to stick, that'll actually make an impact and they want to apply some of the things you're talking about, what would be their first step and how do they see long-term success? 
Yeah, that's a good question. I would say starting small, not trying to overhaul everything at once is usually the best solution for a lot of people. Just because we tend to want to be, you know, like, oh man, like I'm going to change everything. It's like the new year's resolution, right? Like, oh, this is going to be so different. <laughs> and then a couple of weeks later, a month later, maybe if you're lucky, then everything goes to the trash can. So it's like, you know, it was, you just kind of give up. And that's something where if you start really small, then you can build upon habits and build confidence in the process. So you're like, hey, like, okay, like I'm going to start with, just eating something really small before my morning swim and just start there. Like maybe it's just an applesauce packet and it's like, okay, like I can do that. And so you start to do that and you start to have more energy. You're like, Hey, like this actually feels good to fuel and make sure that I'm getting enough calories and carbs throughout the day. So that's where you start. And then from there, like, okay, what else can I do? What can I add in? So, you know, just as you go slowly, things will build upon each other. And then you have this arsenal of habits that, you know, you just, you don't know how it happened. It's not like it happened overnight. It just, mm -hmm. it's small little things every single day um, that just become exponentially just, they compound. And then you're just like a completely different athlete. So I would just say so starting small is like the number one thing. How long would you say, I know there's different research on this, but from a nutrition perspective, how long before you should try and add a new habit? Like, let's say you're trying to do what you said, eat before morning practice or whatever, because you don't usually do that. How long before that becomes steady? And then, okay, my mind is ready to take on a new habit typically. Yeah, I would evaluate about every two weeks and then see like, okay, like, am I doing this consistently? You can also use, we use with a lot of athletes, the habit share app. And so you could do something like that. And that way you can check in with yourself and say, yes, I did my habit or no, I did not do it mm -hmm. and be super honest with yourself. And that way you can see, okay, what, where's my percentage at? Am I, you know, I would say once you get to like 80% of above or above with consistency, then you can move on. You can archive that habit and then, you know, build another one. So that would be my recommendation is just, you know, check in about every two weeks and then, you know, you can move on once you're 80% or above is a pretty good spot to be. Why do you say 80% or above? Um, just because that, I feel like that gives you some flexibility because you don't have to be so regimented where you're like, you know, I have to do this hundred percent of the time. I have to be perfect. Hmm. And that's, I feel like a huge fallacy too, for a lot of athletes is like thinking that you have to do it all perfectly. It's like, no, like the biggest, the hardest thing to do is to just start, like just do something to start it. And then from there, you know, you're going to have ups and downs. It's never going to be this smooth sailing process. It's that's how life is. And that's nutrition is no different. You have to just have this mindset of I'm going to be flexible. So if my day does not go how I planned, then I can have a backup plan or I can do something a little bit different. And it might not mm -hmm. be exactly what I wanted to do, but it's still going to help push me towards my goal, push me toward my goals ultimately. Um, and, you know, even if there it's like a couple steps forward, a step back you're still moving forward, right? Like if you take two steps forward and one step back, you're still going to be moving forward. It's not going to be exactly how you want it to be, but it's still going to be pushing you toward where you want to ultimately be. Hmm. So I would say, yeah, that's why 80%, you know, if you want to be a little bit higher on that, that's totally fine. But that's like where I would start. That's good. I feel like that's really good mentality wise too, because a lot of times people do feel that stress or need to be perfect. And it's like, Hey, you can be all in and not be perfect and give yourself some grace. Remember that you are a human, right? And if you are making um, the right choices that are moving you towards your goals and helping you feel good 80% plus of the time, you're probably going to see really good results. Um, and so I think, I think that's wise for, you know, just the mindset around nutrition too, and growing your mental skills. And then it'll just become something that'll become more and more natural to you. Um, you know, as you gain a habit and you're at that type of consistency. So I think that's really good. Um, and I can hear the passion in your voice talking about, you know, fallacies of people believing they need to be perfect and, all kinds of things like that. Is there anything right now that you've been either, and this is putting you on the spot here, but anything specific you've been researching or like any certain like uh, things that are out there that are driving you crazy that you want people to know like, hey, this isn't true, even though people are posting about this, like 
don't buy into it. And obviously there's a million different things like that, <laughs> but is there like one thing in particular that you're kind of seeing that comes up that you're like, this, this isn't true. And, and here's why. Oh yeah. I would probably say just that, you know, like there's, there are perfect foods out there or like there's, you know, like this, because this food is organic and gluten-free and pasture-raised and, you know, like all that stuff. I feel like the the buzzwords that you see on labels, mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing. Like it's not a bad thing to be organic. It's not a bad thing to be grass-fed or grass-finished. Like all that stuff is is good. But I feel like that's where the perfection mindset comes in. You don't have to get the best stuff or what you think is the best stuff all the time because it's not realistic for most people. And if it is realistic for you, then that's great. But for probably like 90% or higher of people, it's not realistic to do that. And it's not going to hurt your performance if you do not get what you feel is, you know, like the top tier food, or, you know, if you're, you're seeing those buzzwords and you're like, Oh, I have to get this because it's, Mm -hmm. um, it says that it's, you know, like zero sugar or, um, whatever in your mind you feel like is the healthiest, you know, a lot of times it's maybe not, but even if it is a little bit better, like if you go organic versus non-organic on certain fruits and veggies, you know, you, you minimize your pesticide exposure in a lot of cases, but, mm. or, but non-organic foods still use pesticides. So you have to take that in consideration. And it's like, not everybody can afford the most expensive organic product. And so I think that's like, some people just be like, okay, well, I can't afford the best, so I'm not going to do it at all. And that's where I think a lot of fallacy comes in. And for athletes, like mm-hmm. I would, you just need to eat. It doesn't matter if it's the best, you know, greatest new thing, just eat. <laughs> and then from there, you know, like if you want to get more into the details and of things, then we can get into that. But just start by eating enough. Like don't worry and obsess over what is, yeah, like what you think is the best thing. So talk about, you're talking about just people use buzzwords, which is common in every industry i hate when people use the word swim specific incorrectly for dry land it drives me nuts there's swim specific that's a great thing but people have used it to be like your dry land should be swim specific which means every exercise you do should look like what you're doing in the pool like no are you crazy like there you're doing millions of strokes every single month or couple months you don't need to do more swim specific work on deck you need to do things that are specific to the swim athlete that's what we mean for swim specific making sure we keep them injury free making sure we keep them healthy making sure we're giving them the tools to execute the things in the water that we're asking them to do and they need to develop that athleticism on dry land so when people say swim specific you can I'm, i'll get off my soapbox here <laughs> but so that's like one of the things with dry land swim specific, like, okay, let's say you can say that word, but let's understand what it actually means and what it should look like. So for you with like the nutrition side of things and people use buzzwords like organic and gluten-free and sugar-free, you mentioned that a lot of times that doesn't even mean it's actually healthier or healthy at all. So talk about like, I don't know, people talk like sugar-free, fat-free, the, that, that's out there a lot of times. Why might that not be healthy? What are we missing? If it's sugar-free and fat-free, why isn't it like awesome for our body? Yeah. So, and I mean, there's different situations, right? So for example, with electrolyte drinks, if it's sugar-free, you're not getting any carbohydrate to help replace glycogen. So to replenish glycogen stores for giving you energy, that's your main energy source during exercise. So that's a big one, I would say with energy drinks, but then also, you know, with food in general, it's, you know, it's good to not have a ton of added sugar, but if you're avoiding all sugar, then that means you're avoiding fruit, like fruit has sugar in it. And so that's, you know, if you say like, oh man, like I cut out sugar for the year, I'm, I'm on this diet and it's like, okay, well then you're going to be missing a lot of nutrients because you're not eating fruit and you're not eating, you know, like probably a lot of other things too that have, you know, whole grains and things like that. So, um, so I think that is a big one with the sugar-free. But then, yeah, like if you're cutting out, if you're saying, well, maybe dairy is bad or gluten's bad, then again, you're cutting out food groups, you're missing out on nutrients. So if you cut out dairy, you're missing out on calcium, vitamin D, riboflavin. There's a lot of nutrients in there. You're missing out on, um, if you go gluten-free, you could be missing out on iron and B vitamins. So it's just, you know, you just got to be a little bit careful. And again, everyone is going to have a different response to food. So if you literally, if you have an intolerance or an allergy, then that's, you know, that's a, big thing that you need to pay attention to and talk to 
a doctor about, but, um, but yeah, for most people, then those foods should not be limited, especially as you're growing and developing as not just an athlete, but as a person, like you need a lot of different nutrients than, um, you know, your older counterparts. So making sure that you're not cutting out things just because you think they're, you know, they're healthier, um, and falling for like, Oh, keto or, you know, whatever you think is the healthiest diet right now is just most likely not going to actually benefit you as an mm -hmm. athlete. And that's like Brittany said, it's important to note, like there are some people who should go gluten free because they have an intolerance or lactose intolerance or whatever. But then if you do that, you need to make sure that you're supplementing the nutrients you're missing. Um, with a, and there's other ways to get it in, but you have to be very conscious about how to do that. But just doing it to do it, that's not, that's a thing that a lot of people are doing that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, especially for a developing young athlete. Um, but also kind of on the side of like buzzwords, we talk a lot about reading labels. Like you have written actually an entire article on how to read labels. Um, somebody says something sugar-free, but then there's all kinds of other garbage in it. What, what should people be looking for on a label that's like, oh, it says it's sugar-free, it's healthy, right? Well, what are things that you see on a lot of sugar-free things that are advertised as healthy that like, actually, this is a lot worse for you than if there was just sugar in here? Um, what are some of the things that like people may have no idea, Hey, if this, this, or this is on the label, don't buy into it. Yeah. Um, that's another complicated question just because, you know, I think that there's always room for foods that maybe aren't what you should necessarily be eating 80% of the time, but that's where the 80, 20 rule comes into play where, you know, 80% of the time you're eating really nutrient dense whole foods. Maybe they don't even have labels cause they're like just straight from the ground, you know, from a farm. And so 20% of the time, then you have those packaged foods or foods that you're, um, you know, like your favorite foods that you really enjoy. And so I would say for the most part, you know, some big ones would be if, you know, sucralose is a big one or aspartame, those have a negative effect on the gut microbiome. So it can give a lot of athletes stomach upset. And so that's a big one just as an athlete to be aware of. So artificial sugars and sweeteners, just because again, like they will probably upset your stomach in some capacity. Um, if they don't, then that's great. Um, but that's one to look out for. And then honestly, like beyond that, I would just say, you know, like partially hydrogenated oils, but a lot of food doesn't even have that anymore because it was banned a while ago, actually by, mm. um, I believe it was the FDA, but, um, so yeah, partially hydrogenated oils. Um, you don't want to, you know, go too crazy on the ingredients list. But again, if there's, you know, if there's a food that you love, then you should be able to include that in somewhere in your day or in your week. But um, in general, you know, the less ingredients is usually better, not always, but um, so that's another thing that I, you could look mm. for. That's really good. So definitely take note of the things that she's saying, because that's the way that they hide ingredients that they make things look healthy and then if you know what you're actually reading though on the label list you're like wait a minute like they're just using buzzwords to make me buy it like really it's just about money like and that's the sad thing about like about so many different industries like just how how can we make the most money and take advantage of people who aren't using their brains to know what's act they're actually putting in their bodies and you can't be blamed for that because we can't expect to, I mean, like the words that Brittany's saying, like, I don't even know half the words that Brittany tells me sometimes when, when she's studying nutrition and ingredients and all these things. Uh, but I know, I also know what I don't know. So I'm like, should I get this? And I'll send Brittany labels all the time and, and she'll, you know, guide me in the right direction. Um, so it's okay to not know all the answers, but be aware before you per know, like, Make sure that you know what you're putting into your body. And if you don't know, ask somebody who does. I think that's really important. Um, and on that note, and this will be, man, I love talking about this topic, uh, nutrition in general. And um, But I'll, I'll finish with um, asking you a little bit about supplements because this is always a hot button issue, especially among high school, middle school athletes and college athletes for sure. Um, and... There are so many supplements that are just garbage, um, just absolute garbage. And we don't need to call any specific brands or anything out on here. But of course, we'll tell you if you guys ask us, like, let, we, want, we want you to know um, because we care about you. 
Um, and then there's some that are like good, high quality. And but what what's how do you know what's actually in a supplement? Why is it dangerous to just take a supplement without understanding where it came from? Like, what's the if you're looking at the as the swim strong jolly nutrition coach, you're looking at a supplement. Don't it doesn't even matter what supplement it is, but what are the standards you go through before you even consider it as a viable option? Yeah, so you want to look for certification and third-party testing. That would be number one. So is it NSF certified for sport? Is it informed sport certified? Um, USP is another one that is decent. So looking for that certification to ensure that it's third-party tested and not just tested by you know the company in-house because that can be a red flag also. So that would be the first thing. And then ask yourself why you are taking the supplement. So what do you, what benefit do you think it's going to give you? And, you know, what would be uh, the benefit of not taking it too? You can think of it that way. And also just looking at, you know, like what, um, what does your current diet actually look like? What are you eating? What's your fueling plan right now? What are nutrients that you can get through food first that you might be missing and looking at that overarching picture, what medications are you taking? What's your family history? All of that matters. It's not You can't just look at things in a vacuum and say, okay, like across the board, this supplement is good for all swimmers because it's, that's just not the case. It's so individualized. And most of the time you can get the nutrients that you need from food, but supplements are helpful. Don't get me wrong. Like they can definitely help where you are lacking. And so mm-hmm. I'm definitely like, I'm a food first, but um, not. Food only, not food only. So, you know, let's start with what you're eating. Let's start with that and your lifestyle, your sleep, your stress, like all of that is going to play into what you should or should not be supplementing. Hmm. And why, just so people know the why, this is something we're big on, um, is just people understanding there's a purpose behind all the things that we're doing and sharing, educating on. Why is it important to get your nutrients from whole foods before supplements like why is that important yeah so if you're only supplementing like let's take greens powder for example you're missing out on fiber and then also the nutrients are not as bioavailable in a powdered form so it's gone through processing whereas if you get you know whole fruits and vegetables then you're getting the phytonutrients you're getting all those like micronutrients that would not be as bio bioavailable in a powdered form or in a pill form um, but where, when you're eating the whole fruit and veggie, you get all of that, but also fiber. So that's going to help to just keep you healthy and make sure that everything is going as it should with your digestive system. So that is probably the biggest reason is just because it's more bioavailable and has more nutrients. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I think a lot of times people hear that and they're like, but why? Um, and so that's amazing. Um, thanks for sharing that with everybody. And Last thing around supplements, just because this is something that comes up all the time, pre-workout. People (laughs) think they need this, abuse it, overuse it, think that it's going to make them swim faster. Uh, I've seen so many different things that people have have done or thought was going to help them that were just not helpful or safe. I'm not saying that every single pre-workout on the market is bad. That's not what I'm saying. But I wonder if people have any idea how little it's actually helping them compared to the things they should be doing. From you as a, that's my opinion, you as a nutrition coach, what's your take on pre-workouts, how valuable they actually are for you, or if you even need them at all? Yeah, I would say most people probably don't need them. And they, so the reason being, they can be really dangerous for your heart, especially if you're taking one that has um, no testing, no third party testing, not certified for sport, then you don't really know how much caffeine is in there. And there could be other things thrown in that you don't want. So when it's not tested, then there could be banned substances, for example. So um, those can be really dangerous for the heart and other stimulants as well. And honestly, just make you feel worse rather than better and and making you perform better. It'll actually do the opposite. So most of the pre-workout supplements on the market are not great, but you know, they're, you know, if you're going to do that, then I would say you have to be super smart about it. And a lot of people just don't know where to even start with that. So there's just so many other things you can do to give yourself more energy rather than turning 
to caffeine, which would be the main, you know, reason people go with pre-workouts is they want, mm -hmm. they think it'll give them more energy, but caffeine doesn't really give you more energy. It just blocks fatigue. So it doesn't actually do that. But when you're eating carbohydrates, when you're eating whole foods and protein and fat, healthy fats, that's giving you energy. So it's mm -hmm. not the caffeine that's going to be your number one choice here. So, you know, there's so many other things you can just start by again, evaluating what you're eating throughout the day. I feel like the bi biggest mistake or one of the mistakes I see is backloading calories at the end of the day, starting out like, it's like, oh man, like I'm rushed in the morning and I just didn't have time to eat breakfast. And then I rushed to school and like, I just didn't have that much time to eat lunch between classes. And so it's just like, you know, you get home finally after practice and you just shove your face with all this food <laughs> and you eat like 2000 calories in a dinner. Yeah. Um, and it's like, Hey, like, let's try to spread the calories throughout the day, but also that that's going to benefit you because you're going to have more energy. You're going to, you won't need that pre-workout. Right. And you're also going to help build and repair muscle better too. So, mm. you know, research has shown consistent protein throughout the day is going to be better for building and repairing muscle than just having this one meal that's like loaded with protein or maybe even two meals. Like it's going to be better to split that up throughout the day. So that's just one example, but yeah, I would say that's like, if you do that, that's going to give you way more energy than a pre-workout will, mm. um, without the side effects. So a lot of people don't need them and yeah. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of people not only use them, but will double up on them or more, which is scary. Um, but, uh, but no, that's really helpful information and, and super beneficial there's all kinds of other ways to prepare yourself for the workout to get more out of it than just a powder. Um, and this, you brought up one other thing too, that made me think about just another kind of myth that's out there. People sometimes think after a workout, they need to, they have this really short window to get protein in. Um, and you know, I'm not going to speak to the science behind it, but you've talked to me about this before, um, and shared with our athletes and coaches, like that's, it's not really a thing, but why, what, what is the myth out there and, and what's the truth about it? So people can just be more informed on several of these things that I think people just buy into so quickly because some, they saw it or read about it one time. Yeah. And also to your point too, the thing to know about nutrition is that science is changing. Like we sometimes, honestly, we think one thing and then we find out something different and it's like, mm. oh, like actually we were wrong. And so I think that's mm. another key thing, going back to your original question of like red flags out there with nutrition, it's like, is the person or the company or organization or whatever it is that you're listening to, are they staying up to date on research? Mm. And are they willing to admit when they're wrong? Because we're not mm. perfect. Like nutrition is in its, I don't know, like toddler stage, I guess you could say. And so in sports nutrition too. So there's always things that are evolving. And so we have to be careful about saying something is you know, like a hundred percent truth. And I think mm. that's what people don't like. And I think that's where you have to have the nuance because it's like, okay, yeah, like we've seen this in research and it's really promising and it looks great and everything. And, you know, we've done a lot of, um, you know, whatever it's good research. And so we can say it looks pretty good, but we have to take everything kind of with a grain of salt. So, mm. um, but yeah, sorry. What was your original question? Oh, <laughs> no. oh, I know what you're saying with protein. Yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah. I got off on a little soapbox, but <laughs> Um, so yeah, we used to think that there was an anabolic window where you had like 30 minutes to get in protein. Otherwise, you know, you weren't going to be able to build and repair muscle if you didn't get that in right after a hard workout. But we found that you actually have a little bit longer. So if you've eaten a meal right before, like pretty close to before your training session, then you have a little bit longer window to get in that protein. We've actually found that carbohydrates are a little bit more important than protein and getting that in sooner than later is better to make sure that you replenish glycogen stores and that you can start that recovery process. Now, with this being said, it's still not a bad idea to eat something as soon as you can, just because at, like we talked about before with a relative energy deficiency mm -hmm. that can often happen with club athletes, you just need to continually be eating, you know, like maybe even every couple hours. So mm -hmm. that it's not a bad idea to go ahead and replenish both carbohydrates and protein, but you don't have to freak out. Like if you, if your practice ends and you're like, well, I have to, you know, whatever, like maybe you have to go run an errand or your parents are driving you home and you have to make a stop somewhere. Like it's totally fine. You're not going to lose out on muscle gains if you don't mm. immediately get in protein. That's really good to know. That's really good to know. I mean, and to your point, I remember when I was in high school, 
I thought that was true. And I would go immediately to like the closest gas station and chug a chocolate milk or something <laughs> to like, so it's like, I got to make sure I finish my workout. The chocolate milk and, is great. Yeah. Like for <laughs> yeah. sure. And I loved it too. But like, um, it was something that, that I believed back in the day and, you know, I've since come to realize that's not true, but I think what you said is really wise like people research changes and like there are things right now that we will be wrong about that you have to be humble enough to be like hey the research showed indicated that this was most likely the best way to go but now we have more research that's come out and more technology and more insight actually it's looking like we should move this way that happens in fitness that happens in nutrition that happens in just about every industry i would imagine and the people who are constantly researching, always learning, never saying, oh, I have it figured out. Um, no, like never. And actually, I would say the more that you learn, the more you realize you have to learn, <laughs> like the less you know. Yeah. You know, it, it's wild. The more you become an expert, the more you realize I need to research so much more because there's just so many things um, that that are out there that we can help people with and and just so many different specifics that uh, we won't have time to get into uh we've already gotten some great great insight from you here um and for the sake of time i'll i'll close it off here maybe we can get another podcast part two in the future uh with our very own swim strong nutrition coach but Brittany, thanks for everything you do for our team for our athletes for our coaches for our parents and the swimming community uh, your passion for people is contagious and your passion to be great at what you're doing makes a huge impact. So appreciate you sharing some of the insights that are uh, coming from your brain and your research and, and for everything that you do. So thanks for taking the time to be on here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thank you for listening to the Swim Strong Dryland podcast. If you'd like to be a part of the Swim Strong Dryland family, you can reach out to us via email or social media. You can also follow Swim Strong Dryland on YouTube and TikTok for more educational content. 